Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It is Crown Corner as we continue through the League's Cup for Charlotte FC and hoping that that stay goes beyond Saturday when Charlotte FC takes on Nacoxa. Will Pelagic, Jessica Charman here with you as we get you ready for the weekend here on the Charlotte FC Radio Network. We're on WFNZ only for the game on Saturday. So if you're looking for us for the game Saturday, be sure to check that out on 92.7 FM and also on the WFNZ app online. Jess, a quick look back to what we saw in Dallas. I know that it's a week ago now for us, but uh, at least from the standpoint of where Charlotte FC is, uh, we've seen this happen a couple of different times. They show resolve in a game where they were down to come back, earn themselves a point, and then with the opportunity that does involve with the League's Cup, I heard you talking about it on Friday morning with Mac and Bone. It's a purely Americanized idea to have penalty kick shootout right after a 90-minute match to give some semblance of a result. And Charles, he was able to own that extra point and uh, right now control their own destiny for potentially running the group tomorrow. Refreshing. A refreshing performance from Charlotte FC in that, yes, lots of question marks still. Disappointed with the way we conceded, but refreshing to see Charlotte FC fight back to show that determination. And it's one of those markers again where a draw is still a draw, but a draw feels a lot sweeter when you come back from behind and even more sweeter, like you say, the cherry on the top with the penalty shootout at the end being a way to gain that extra point and give us the opportunity to have our destiny in our hands to top the group with a win tomorrow. I'm all for the penalty shootout, Will. I'm not sure how I'd feel about it every single week in MLS, but it's still exciting. And, you know, that's why they use these things in MLS Next Pro as well to test it, to see how the teams like it. And you got an opportunity to talk to Patrick Agiman, who said, hey, we like this. We feel prepared for it because of the experience he has with Crown Legacy. And I'm, I'm glad you led right there, Jess, because I heard you talking about this, and it's a point that I think we all kind of made independently. The fact that three of the four penalty takers for Charlotte FC are people who have spent time with Crown Legacy this season. Uh, Bender did not take part in the one penalty shootout that took place in the game that he played because he had already subbed off at that point. But both Brandon Cambridge and Patrick Ajiman have had opportunities to take penalties with Crown Legacy. That, I mean, in, in this tournament, that's a very specific skill that I feel like Charlotte FC can put as a feather in their cap. It's a great advantage for the Crown because it's a different manner taking a penalty shootout with everyone sort of the halfway line, having to make that long walk towards the penalty spot, realizing that, you know, you have to make this kick in order to stay within the action. It's different to a penalty in regular play when you have one designated penalty taker, when that person is usually the what go-to. You have to go down a lot of the time five, maybe more penalty shooters. So for us to feel so confident from the spot was very helpful. And how good did it feel to see Kalina mm. make his first penalty save for Charlotte FC? I know he hasn't made one for the crown so far in terms of a regular match, but it was great to see him from the penalty spot. And actually when we signed him, he was very good at penalties in other parts of his career. So far he struggled in MLS, but it was great to see Kalina and his mind games on the line to save the day. 
Glad you mentioned uh, the goalkeeper union there yeah, with uh, come Christian on, Kalina. Come on. I mean, I, 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 if you didn't mention it, I was going to prod you to mention it myself. You would have taken away my GK card. I would have. Well, I, I want you to potentially earn it back here too because I know we would kind of talked about this a little bit off air, but uh, the goal that was disallowed with our field, the, the rule that, ironically enough, Charlotte FC has seen before, but it wasn't utilized in a game we played last year against Montreal. Matthew Schwanier had a goal that I think you could argue there was a player who literally flashed in front of, I think it was actually Kai Kamara, if I remember correctly, who flashed in front of George Marks. They did not call the obstruction for the offside position player in that contest, and yet we see this rule applied to Charlotte FC on the Scott Arfield goal where almost, I think, similarly to this other one, I think a lot of times, sometimes the referee or the VAR will maybe take intent into play or sometimes they'll read the letter of the law literally. What did you feel like from the, I guess, neutral standpoint from the application of that rule with the disallowed Arfield goal? I think what makes this one so frustrating is how inconsistently the law is utilized and i get it there is obviously an interpretation of the law an interpretation of whether it's truly impacting the goalkeeper or whether it's you know impacting their mind which affects the way they dive well for me you need to make it a lot clearer so that it's done the same way week in week out you've either got to say hey it doesn't matter if they physically impact the goalkeeper if they change their decision making then it's applied or you just say hey it has to be a physical implication the fact that it's so inconsistent is what makes it so frustrating to me and honestly look as a goalkeeper yeah it's annoying when someone gets in your viewpoint but I would like to see it be a little bit more lenient now in my position because you want to see goals you want to see these moments what a finish it was for our field to have ripped off of the board I think you need it to be more blatant we talk about clear and obvious right with VAR mm. I would like to see the application of this rule be clear and obvious. Someone truly impeding with the goalkeeper, not a glancing moment. Now, if I was playing in goal, I'd have been appealing all day long, but that's the story for another day. Well, here's the other part of this too. And we know that FIFA has made certain changes to, to rules. We see what they're doing this year with the Premier League trying to change the offside rule. Uh, you and I have talked about the handball rule, which was changed right before uh, we started play last year, where uh, basically they've taken all intent out of the rule. It's just about you know whether or not you make yourself bigger or not and you make yourself bigger than the silhouette and of the body. how is that for us to understand? I know That's kind of what I'm saying. I almost feel like a change is needed. No discrepancies. There are obviously there's still interpretation, but it's a lot easier not thinking about the mind and I think we have to take out what the goalie's thinking from the equation because you can't be thinking about these things. It's too, you know, it's too inconsistent. I think you've got to simplify the wording, simplify the understanding, because otherwise you're going to get fans, you're going to get coaches alike frustrated with the lack of consistency in this decision making. Would have honestly given Charlotte FC an opportunity to have already gotten themselves through with a potential there, uh, at least getting themselves through potentially with a win. Again, it would not have been able to clinch themselves, uh, the group, had they not uh, had the ability to at least get themselves uh, through against Nakaxa. But that's a story from the day. They at least were able to get the extra point 
and basically have destiny in their hands going into this contest against Nacoxa. Uh, to fair fair play to to Dallas for coming back and getting themselves a victory against a ten man side. I don't know if we got the best look at Nacoxa because their best defender went down. I think that's honestly a, a feather in the cap for Charlotte FC and the fact that Alan Montez is not going to play because of the red card suspension, and we'll see how uh, they change their shape or if they change uh, just personnel to try and make that happen. But they play a 5-4-1 normally. Uh, they have gone to maybe a 3-4-3 in attacking phases. I, I wonder, Jess, what kind of side this is from Charlotte FC to break down because we've seen a lot of times with five-men back lines that Charlotte FC has had a tough time getting behind defenses that like to sit back and, and play off the counter. They have, and I wonder how the mindset of Nakaxa is going to be as well. When you look at them, statistically struggled last season, finished second bottom, haven't got off to the best start. Obviously, Liga Emekis was only three matches in, which changes the fitness level, changes the sharpness of these players. And they're coming off of a really poor result against Dallas. Obviously, as you mentioned, it went down to 10 players, harder sample size but didn't really think that they gave too much of a threat in any capacity to Dallas. We've got to be careful. We don't want to go into this one complacent, but I feel like it's an absolute must-win game. It's on the table for you playing at home, but you have to be able to create chances from both the run of play, but also, as we always talk about, utilizing set pieces, these kind of things Charlotte FC needs to use because it could be a game where you're able to make a statement, but you have to be able to create and finish opportunities if you're going to do that. It's been said by Christian a couple different times when they're talking about playing at home that you know sometimes the players have a, a bit of a distraction with playing at home and maybe it's not the advantage that uh, it was last year. There's a nervousness that accompanies this. But you know, I'm just I'm thinking back and looking at some of our results at home. You know, there really hasn't been a home result that you've come away from it, at least from a winning standpoint, feeling uber comfortable. I mean, the Columbus victory needed a little bit of fortune from an officiating decision late in order to get themselves a victory. Uh, I know from the NYCFC game, that's one where you look at and say probably the one of the more convincing games. But even Chicago was one where you needed Brandon Cambridge to be, you know, pulling magic out of a out of a hat, and uh, as a result, Charlotte FC has not duplicated the home form from last year they have gotten more draws and that's something that's definitely a positive but I think this is the opportunity for Charlotte FC to actually have the building win one for them and also get to a point where you're looking at this and saying without a doubt Charlotte FC is the one that's deserved all three points yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't love that quote from Latanzio. I don't think many people do. It felt like kind of set the players up for a little bit of difficulty because you don't want to ever have your fans think that you're nervous to play in front of them as a player. But I can understand that they feel a little bit more pressure to impress. But I think the wording of it wasn't the best wording, if I'm completely honest with you, Willie P. But you're right. I don't think the home form has been as good, but I also think that part of that comes from, think back to that inaugural season, our away form was so bad that our home form felt so much more refreshing because of the comparison between the two. Because we have been more effective on the road, grinding out results, picking up points, I think maybe we don't see the home form as such a catalyst because we've kind of been just average both on the home form and away form. So I think that's interesting too. But you're right. 
this could be, you know, the last home soccer in a long time. You could also have a home ability to host potentially as well. So you want to make sure you go out with a bang and give your crowd something to cheer for. I'm really interested to see, you know, what the split of the fan base is, because we know from talking to our friends on the Spanish side of the radio broadcast how popular Nacaxa is with the Mexican community. Be interested to see if it's such a home advantage or if there's some Nacaxa jerseys popping up as well. It is definitely one of the older clubs in Mexico and, and has a great history behind it. Uh, having a chance to get a bigger sample size of some of these games, you're noticing the contrast in styles. Uh, I feel like the games involving the Mexican sides, for whatever reason, and this honestly just might be the fact that they've got more club football in their past, it, it does seem like there's more end-to-end in those games and you know this could just could be you know style making the fight with a couple of these contests and and not necessarily is is team specific but are you noticing a difference in the games that are being played by mexican sides as opposed to just mls versus mls i just think it's interesting when you're seeing people play against unique sides you know when we think about the press conferences and talking to players about hey is it different to play against a team you don't know i know a lot of people are kind of sitting on the fence about it but i do think it's a different energy a different excitement to play against the side from liga mx to play against quote unquote the unknown in a lot of ways so i think we're seeing energy in the games i do love the fact that we're seeing very competitive games mostly mls is holding their own without a doubt against a lot of liga mx side yes there's one or two runaway results on both sides but I think this is a great way to grow the respect for the game in MLS Andrew Privet is somebody who we had a chance to talk to earlier this week on a bonus interview with Crown Corner and I even asked Christian Latanzio about the work that he's done and you, you think about going back to the Montreal game Jess where he basically had to come in almost as a you know late addition there when it came to the the injury sub for Guzman Carujo he gets hurt and Privet gets thrust into the middle of the scene there and and I'm wondering you know how he's going to look whether or not maybe they'll play with a back three or maybe they'll do something different but he slotted into that role that basically is the Derek Jones role if you will and I asked Andrew about that too on the podcast which you can hear on this same feed and he's somebody who feels like he has those same characteristics and Latanzio definitely agrees I know that he was maybe mostly to blame for what happened on the second goal for Dallas, but I think outside of that, uh, they couldn't have asked much more from Andrew playing a position that, while he has trained under it at Crown Legacy, isn't necessarily 100% fully conversant in at the professional level. Honestly, I think you're right, Will. That criticism is overtly harsh. We've seen some of our most veteran players make mistakes that have led to goals. We know individual errors happen to everyone. He's got really good vision. He's not afraid to step forward into that aggressive area like he spoke about making the comparisons with Derek Jones. And he's young, his first year in professional level soccer, and he adjusted and he rose to the occasion. And I think we're seeing that with a lot of our young guns. Crown Legacy seems to be preparing these players for the mental resilience that you need to play at this level, the physical capacity. And I think that we're seeing so much success in young players make that jump this year because of the presence of Crown Legacy. So excited to see what Privet can potentially do again uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, Privet, Ajiman, Cambridge, they've all had big impacts for Charlotte FC, not just recently, but across this season. Interesting to see where Privet fits in because uh, Christian Latanto did say that Adilson Milanda and Derek Jones are both available for selection. 
uh, Latanto did say that Nalanda is a little bit further ahead of where DJ is. We'll see how he employs that 11 come tomorrow. We're on the air Saturday, 7 o'clock for a 7.30 first kick against Nakaxa. Again, WFNZ only. Be sure to check in on us on 92.7 FM and also on the WFNZ app. Uh, please enjoy, as always. And uh, Jess, I'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully we're talking about three points against this Mexican side. Let's get through to the knockout rounds. Charlotte FC and Nicoxa on Saturday on WFNZ. And thank you so much for listening to Crown Corner.